Man, I sure have been missing the Quick Time Podcast. The following program is rated M-A-L. It contains strong language and is intended only for mature audiences. Green flag waving for the always exciting Sheldon Hutchild. He'll bounce the right rear off the wall in turn four. Lot one for Sheldon Hutchild. Quick time! Off to four. Quick time. Ten. Zero. Three. Zero. Second lap time for David is quick. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Quick Time, the podcast. Hope everybody had a great week. Thanks for tuning in this week. Uh, let's check in with the boys and see how their weeks were. Uh, let's start off with Josh, man. Josh, how was your week? Uh, pretty pretty fun, eventful week. My mom had a fellow car, broke her hip, so I've been dealing with that this weekend, along with watching some racing. But uh, yeah, I mean, other than that, it was a good weekend. Brad, what about you? My weekend was good, uh, but it was uh, culminated by a, a great sprint car race last night at I-80 Speedway, and we'll get into that in a little bit. But, uh, boy, the weather was awesome. The track was good. Uh, good night of sitting out there on a Wednesday night uh, getting us over hump day. Yeah, definitely. So uh, me and myself uh, spent the weekend out at Fairbury in Jefferson County for the USAC Midgets. What a great event Cody Brewer put on out there. Uh, we're going to recap that here later on. And, and like you, I also went out to I-80 last night. Um, so at least two of the three guys went out there to race hey. this week. <laughs> Josh is a couch racer. Hey, I was watching Port Royal last night, so. So you saw Kyle Larson just dominate, and hey, that, that my was night it. Was so over. you didn't see a really good race like we saw. Kind of. <laughs> I, I But my night was over by 9.30. Yeah, we'll get into that here a little bit, yeah. too. I mean, <laughs> not so much. Not so much 9.30. So let's, let's kick things off. Uh, a little new segment here called the Quick Time Fast Pass. Uh, Brad, we'll start with you. What was something this week that, you know, caught your eye that you want to give a shout out to? Well, there's a couple of different things, uh, but, uh, after last night, I'm going to go with, uh, the Kaziski, uh, the Kaziski family taking care of ID Speedway, man, that, uh, that racetrack last night was perfect for a sprint car race. It was almost too good. Like you said, before we started taping here, uh, there was a cushion up against the wall. Uh, it was slick in the middle. It was an amazing race last night, and there was racing going on throughout the field and 29 great cars. Um, uh, I don't have anything bad to say about it, other than it took a lot longer than it probably needed to, and we'll get into that. But uh, uh, it was a great night of racing there. And so Kaziski's, they rarely miss that track. And so it's going to be sad when, to see it go away, but uh, they they nailed it last night, that's for sure. You mentioned the, uh, the track prep a little bit, and... I think it was right before the late model features. They went out and knocked down the cushion. And yep. I'm like, what are you doing? There's a big old berm going up there. I was like, this is going to be great for the sprint cars. Uh, they go out there and knock it down. And obviously, I'm not a track, track prep <laughs> guy because uh, they put on for one hell of a sprint car feature. Absolutely. It was uh, uh, the top four were almost uh, under a blanket. They were nose to tail, <clears throat> excuse me, nose to tail, sliding each other. Uh, the number of passes, the first 10 laps for the lead. Um, I don't know what officially it was. Hey, but, don't, uh, don't ruin it all. We need people to listen, you know, throughout the episode. So why don't we, uh, oh, oh. why don't, well, why don't we, uh, <laughs> cap that when we talk about the recap here in a little bit. Props to the Kaziskis then is all I got to say after that. <laughs> all right. Well, let's throw it over to Josh. Any, anything that caught your eye over the week? You know, mine goes back to the midgets with Buddy Kofoy. Um, he, everyone says how dirty midgets are getting. Well, 
he was the most patient guy. Let the other two guys knock each other out, so it kind of worked to your advantage, letting them be dirty all they want and take home the win. But I think the best part about it is he says in interviews, every time you hear him talk about Fairbury, is his, it's his favorite track. And that's really cool to see him get a win there for sure. Yeah, definitely. So, so myself, I want to shout out uh, Tyler Drukey. I believe he picked up his first career 410 feature on Wednesday night, Tuesday, Tuesday night at Rapid Speedway in Rock Rapids, Iowa. Uh, he held he held off some uh, heavy hitters there with McCarl charging, uh, Justin Henderson, uh, Ryan Timms was out there. I mean, you got to give him a shout out for uh, taking that that four time motor of his and. He's, he's definitely progressed up the sprint car ranks from running a 305 at Eagle, run 360s up here locally, and now he's won 410 races. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, his, his feet are still pretty green come the 410s, but uh, to go out there to a track, and I have no idea how many times he's run that track, but for, to go out there and, and uh, take the checkers uh, in front of those people that were there, McCarl and so forth, uh, he, he, even though he started on the front, he had to stay up there. So uh, uh, props to him for winning that uh, first career 410 win. Definitely. So, uh, that is our quick time fast pass, uh, quick recap. I don't know. Yeah. We're, we're still trying to figure out what we're going to call that deal. If you guys have any, uh, suggestions for a name for that kind of a thing, I know like door bumper clear has, uh, fast, uh, fast, more than fast moment. Uh, give us, give us a shout out and name something that, and give us a name for this, uh, this little segment. Yeah. Loud pedal has the hat shakes and uh, every, every podcast has something that they, uh, something to kind of think or. Just Show to shout out something that, somebody. that was not a main story of the week or anything like that. Yeah. But um, big races here in, in the Cornhusker State this past week. Uh, let's let's kick things off with the, the Fairbury Midgets um, up there over the weekend at the Jefferson County Speedway. Great event Cody Brewer put on. Um, hats off to him. Throwing down 10K for the feature winner on on Saturday night. And Friday night, we saw Mitchell Moles uh, pick up the victory Friday night. Uh, as Josh mentioned, Buddy Kofoid uh, picked up the big 10K on Saturday. So with uh, with the race the first night, Friday night, I texted you, Brandon. We were, I was watching the race, and not that I'm a Trey Gropp homer, but Mitchell Bowles kind of shoved him off the track. Oh, that was fucking dirty. And I'm like, come on. I'm like, so Moles went on to either win or second, and Trey has to come, you know, from behind. But it was ha- I was happy to see him. I'm always a big Mitchell Moles fake fan especially from chili bowl and stuff like that i've always liked watching him but i was i was pretty mad at that situation yeah you know when it happened it's one of those deals in fairbury if you guys haven't been out there there's no there's no wall around the back stretch and coming out of the corner so it's it's kind of like learnerville's kind of the same way is that right brad yeah yeah so it's kind of like that deal and they they just coming off the corner and mitchell moles just kind of bullied his way in there and and pushed trey off the back side of the track i go up to trey afterwards i'm like hey did you go kick his ass after after that deal <laughs> And Trey's like, no, I'm just going to get him back at the feature. And, well, Mitchell was gone. Trey never had a chance. You know, and that's something that Trey could have lifted. But they're both going for the same spot. And you can't hurt him for that. But at the same time, it's it as a fan, you're like, ah. You know, you could let off a little and you guys fight the next turn, not let's all go bonsai in the second turn. Yeah, I was a little, I was a little, you know, the event was great. Um the gripe here a lot in this area is there's not a lot of midgets. We kind of touched on that last week. And Power Eye schedules a show three hours up the road in Kansas City. I, I hate when series is, series do that. It's You spread your series thin then. It's stupid. I, I mean, we got 23 cars on Friday and Saturday 
here, and I think they had like 18 up there in, at Grain Valley. I mean, and what they raised for how much? Like two grand, 2,500. If to win. I'm not mistaken, they did that a couple of years ago as well. It and, always and seems to be the deal here. Keith Coons, uh, lesser known or lesser talented drivers went down there and his better talent stayed here in Nebraska. So it's really unfortunate uh, if th- th- that you can't work together and put together a, a good race for both facilities at maybe different, different dates. You know, and I can see if you're in different regions, not like you said, three hours, four hours away, you can't, I mean, it's almost unfair as a fan and as a promoter, because you put on this big money, only to have people not be at the race, you know. How, how was the fan support? We talked a little bit last week about driver team uh, Friday, support. Friday was a little thin, but Saturday when, when the money was online, the crowd was good. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't quite like it used, was like the first year when Cody did this where it was standing room only. Yeah. Yeah, everybody was packed in there like sardines, but it was a good crowd. Well, good. Uh, yeah, I was there that first year, and you were elbow to elbow. You, you couldn't even move. Yeah, two years ago when I went, it was – it was jam packed. Like that's why I think I we went in the pits is because there was nowhere to sit, and it was I'd rather go sit on top of a trailer and watch than sit in the nosebleeds or sit in the corners where I'm getting pegged with dirt all day long. Is it too early to know? Are they have they announced uh, next year's dates if they're going to even come back next year? I have not heard anything, but I for as much work as Cody does to uh, put on this event, I definitely see it coming back. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was preoccupied with some family things I had to deal with back home, uh, so I wasn't able to go, but. Man, I really wanted to. I, I, I love midget racing. I love non-wing racing. And you don't get that opportunity here in Nebraska very often. And so that was a – I said two hours last week, but it turned out it was like an hour and ten minutes away from Lincoln. <laughs> yeah, you got called uh, out on that one, right, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, um, I'm getting too old to stay up really late. So I, I, maybe <laughs> oh, next year I'll well, get to, get to what'd you do last night, Brad? Except for last night. <laughs> Again, I, I've struggled through the day today. So, so yeah. you, you mentioned that you had some family stuff. I was getting a text. Well, we were all texting back and forth throughout the whole deal. And uh, Saturday night, the weather was getting a little bit gloomy. And you were, what, an hour down the road in Grand Island? And you're sitting, sitting there saying, I think I'm in the middle of a tornado? Yeah. Yeah, yeah we uh, the sirens went off and we went in the basement and uh, – uh, we got nothing but rain and a lot of wind, but man, we were in a tornado warning and it's kind of a scary, but, uh, I'm just glad that we got nothing but rain and wind, but yeah, I, I texted you guys and see if anything was going on here in Lincoln. There was nothing going on here in Lincoln, but, uh, it was pretty wild in, the, in Grand Island. The down at the track, you could definitely, I mean, everybody was checking their phones and, and the radar and whatnot. And you can definitely tell the winds direction shifted it's got a lot cooler which i mean it felt great because felt it was great for you guys we were out there sweating our asses <laughs> yeah. off in 95 degree <laughs> weather oh yeah but on the way home i mean i we di- i didn't get a whole lot of rain but there was a lot of lightning so i we didn't get i don't think we were in a tornado warning they weren't or rushing the show or anything like that i mean it. they they nixed the driver introductions which i'm i'm okay with i mean a lot of that's just for show I that's mean. yeah that's all for show but the racing was good um we, we, you know, we titled the podcast Slider Die Week in Nebraska last week, and that's what it was at the f- final lap. I mean, it comes down to a, a green-white checkered restart, and um, Ryan Timms is leading the damn thing. I believe it was Ryan. It was Ryan or Cannon. Ryan was leading coming into that caution. And yes. then... And Cannon got him, and then Timms went back at him the next turn. So, yeah, and Buddy's sitting there in third place, and there was a slider die move going into going in one on that last lap, and guess what happened? We even, died. Said, even Buddy said that he was pushing up because he thought they were both going to be there to kind of block. And he's like, no one was there. This is kind of weird. And then and if you actually look at the end, he barely won. As, I can't remember what his name is. He came from the bottom. Like, I thought 
I didn't realize how close he was. Oh, Jerry Coons Jr. Until they showed yeah. the replay. What, what, like, a, wow. what a run by Jerry Coons. Yeah. That was his highest finishing feature in a long time with yeah. the USAC midgets. And and his kid won the uh, the, the non wing right. race yeah. out there. And that was that was a great what sight a great to family see. moment right yeah. there. Yeah. So, yeah, you definitely got to give Jerry Coons a shout out there as well. Yeah, for him to still be competitive, uh, he, he doesn't finish up there. Uh, as often as he would like, I'm sure. But uh, with the young kids, uh, with these dirty sliders, uh, I think he, I would assume he's a little content to just finish the race. And for him to finish second last week, was it was uh, awesome to see that for well, the old man. He said in his interview that he was running the bottom. He's like, I'll just let these kids take each other out on the top, and I'll hey. just keep running the bottom. Wise so, man once said. He did. <laughs> he did. He got second place. So an- another thing, man, you know, Team S was out there filming some uh, Team S TV out there. So uh I got a couple of photos of him filming that thing, so you might want to watch out. Maybe I'm making a little cameo on that show. You know, he, he's he's one of those guys that does a lot of bitching about the the kids and their dirty sliders. But if you watch, Timez does dirty sliders. They all do. They all do. And so yes. to be critical like that when you're doing the same exact thing, maybe not as often, but you're doing the same exact thing. So um, you, you just it is what it is uh, uh if you don't want to do the dirty sliders probably don't race the midgets but it's it, it's the norm right now and you gotta you gotta live with it and uh he's won his share of midget races this year year, year and a half and so it's working for him but i i just wish he wouldn't be so critical of uh with him doing the exact same thing well See? he even said in his his post interview that heat race win that he had friday night slide that, or die that, i don't know who that number 25 is but He's got a welcome to USAC midgets with my slider or whatever. I'm like, you just complain about doing people doing that to you, and then you go out and do it, and it's okay. Well, That's during not- Midget Week, he was bitching about Kofoid taking him out or doing a dirty slider when Kofoid won. And then the next night, uh, him and Kofoid were doing some heavy sliders, and it was clean, but uh, he made the mention that uh, – um, it was a good fun night of doing sliders with Buddy, and uh, this this time they were all clean, so it was. It so was the fun. thing I th- I, th- I like about Team as and I I think he's found a way to market himself as that guy. Yeah, absolutely. And he, he does a hell of a job doing. Yeah, okay, maybe he throws the dirty slider here or there too, but everybody's watching him for that sound clip. Yeah, yeah, they want to see him win to hear what he says. Yeah. And Josh, you mentioned that that twenty five. What a surprise we had out there is uh, Ben Rhodes, the reigning NASCAR truck champion, made his midget debut. Yep. Yeah. I couldn't pick out one truck driver if, I, if you wanted you know, to. I, I, <laughs> I, you know, I had no clue he was there, and I'm sitting there um, doing photos during, during engine heat, and I knew it was not Taylor Reimer in that 25 car. Right. Um, but the Keith Coons guy leans in. He's like, all right, this is how you start it. I'm like, oh, boy, here we go. <laughs> somebody's never wow. driven a freaking race car or a midget before oh, let alone start one is out here doing this and i go look at the entry list and i'm like all right look who's in 25 and i'm like ben Rhodes. how the fuck do i know that name and i'm like it's gotta be an nascar guy that's i that's the only way i would know a, a name right. like that so i had to google him he had to google it. I, right, I did i didn't right i mean i knew the name but i didn't know how i know the name and uh, you know it's pretty cool that a NASCAR champion actually came out here and raced the little bouldering at Fairbury. You know, something else that we kind of hit on, we were texting back and forth and, you know, me and Brandon hear about it all the time at the shop with how much it costs for these guys to get in these midgets and, you know, like to race in a Keith Coon or like in a a higher up team, it's 4,200. I think I sent you or 4,500 and they're racing for 10 grand. I mean, it's 4,200 per night. 
I mean, what, what does that get you? You crash, do you buy the parts or is that all part of the 4,500? From, from what I heard, it's, it's, it depends on what you have and what your situation is or that you sign up I for. I mean, if you go and junk, I mean, completely junk a race car, I don't think you're going to be allowed to walk away with, oh, well, here's my $4,200 check. <laughs> the lower teams make you pay for whatever you break, but they're usually not as expensive to go race. But I think the lower teams can be anywhere from. I mean, it's it's like twenty five hundred dollars to go run a yeah. chili bowl ride. Yeah. I mean, for for a like a uh, Johnny Murdoch car. I mean, really, do you want to spend twenty five hundred dollars to go race Johnny Murdoch? What's the purpose of paying if unless you're going to move up and move up to another level? What's the purpose of spending that money? Like me and you always joke that you just go buy your own midget by the end of the season. What's the point? I mean. Uh, I don't know. For for some of that stuff, I you get the crew chief, you get the the crew experience, yeah. right? Like the the Keith Coons knowledge is well worth that price, right? But is and that same, all this stuff. is that saying the same price for you know Joe Blow Racing? That's well, yeah. just look at Tad Holloman. He's got that midget that sits in his garage all year long. That's an expensive paperweight. Uh, so would he be better off renting a midget for three thousand dollars for the Chili Bowl and then just and then he wouldn't have all that investment uh, in the car and the motor and everything. I mean, it's I not, mean, it's for, not for, my money, for, so for a one-off race, something like that. But if you're going to do a season, yeah. a USAC race and race, you know, well, and, and say you're racing 15 nights at, at $3,000, that's... Well, and it's the kids yeah. doing it. So the kids are there to gain knowledge and experience. And so it's, it's an expensive learning tool, but it obviously is something that they and the families think that they have to do so they can learn how to be a good competitive midget driver. I mean, so. I can, I can see it from like Cannon McIntosh, him going with Keith Coons for a year or two and coming back to his dad's. And then you bring all that knowledge you just learned to that stable and understand what they're doing to be faster. I mean, that, Keith, that makes sense. Keith gets criticized for charging and all that stuff, but you know, he's found a way to make it work and make money doing it. And, uh, the Chad Keith Coons, the, the only guy to make thing. money racing. And Chad <laughs> Bodette does too. He's the same way. They, they both provide cars for people for money, and uh, they found a way to make it work. So uh, whatever it takes, I guess. But I think that's where Timez, when he gets on his high horse, saying these kids, they just have money to pay for to do to do this, so they don't care. Well, well yeah, I can't afford, you know, most race car drivers can't afford to go race these midgets. So, yeah, of course, the people that can afford to do it, they're going to do what they want to do and how race how they want to race. I mean, that's why I always get frustrated when I hear that team is complaining about, you know, I just got slid by this kid. Well, he paid the money to be there. So did you, I mean, not that he does, but yeah. I'm, I'm good with that one. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to let Josh bury his own grave right there. Talking trash about team is. <laughs> is what it is. All right, Brad, let's take a quick break. And what are we going to do afterwards? We're going to take a break. And then when we come back, we'll uh, rehash the 360 sprint car race at I-80 Speedway last night. That uh, was was an amazing finish. Right on it. I was like, what? Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. Did you think that that number 11 that ended up finishing second in that late model race was like, it had to be the oldest mo- late model there last night. Or at least it was the only. All right. I want to be, I wanna be honest there. with you. I didn't fucking watch the yeah, late model features. I was pissed <laughs> off. This is said. ridiculous. This little number 11, he came from back and he ended up taking the lead. And then the last couple laps, he faded a little bit. It looked like an old piece of shit car, but he was fast. He d- it didn't look like these guys right here. Well, these are the bad boy late yeah, models right here. Boys. But anyways, no, I was, I mean, I watched a little bit of the late model. I didn't pay attention to it. I'm sitting there on the Jersey barrier, um, 
just sitting there watching and and todd uh todd boyd one of the uh, late model photographers comes up he's like what are you doing not taking pictures you know and he knows i'm a sprint car guy i'm like i looked down and go what do i need this for <laughs> so anyways guys welcome back to the show <laughs> yeah brad that's that's going in there i mean it was just general race and talk but welcome back uh you know last night big race up there as uh iid speedway kicked off the uh the 12 is it 12th 12th year yeah 12th year the 12th and final I think, yeah, yeah. I think they said the 12th year is in the last year yeah I believe it's the 12th year but they're tagging as the uh, final silver dollar nationals at I-80 Speedway uh, we kicked things off last night with the uh, Malvern Bank 360 sprint cars you know I'm I debated all night if I'm going to go out there I knew it was going to be hot and let's face it there has not been a lot of car support with these races in the past but yeah. paying $5,300 to win I was thinking we're going to have a decent car count. I check my race pass before I leave, and there's seven cars or er, signed in. I'm like, seven fucking cars. So I'm like, all right, I want to give it till I get to 84th Street before I need to turn it head south <laughs> or go out to the racetrack. So I check it again when I hit 84th, and there's 20 cars. I'm like, all right, we're going to the racetrack. Wow. Yeah, because you said when you left work, you're like, I asked you if you're going. You're like, I don't know. And yeah, you texted me, and I was... I left it uh, like six or six fifteen from my house, and you texted, and there's twenty cars. I'm like, so a week and a half ago they paid thirteen hundred to win, and there were eighteen cars. Last night they paid fifty three hundred to win, and there was only twenty cars. I was a little frustrated with that, but by the time I pulled into the parking yeah, lot, when it was all said and done, we had twenty nine three of high quality three sixty yeah, cars yeah. out there in the pit area signed in. It was a good field, and I, I was pretty happy with twenty nine considering. Uh, there's very few 360s in Nebraska, and so uh, and being a Wednesday, I didn't expect a whole lot of out out of town support. Well, we got a lot of good out of town support. So uh, one one of the big names, Ryan Tim, showed up. I mean, I'm you know anytime you can see that kid race right now as he's coming up, that kid is a wheel man. What an amazing talent! Uh, and I, I hope we get to see him stick around for a while. But uh, a 15 year old with that much talent usually doesn't stick around the dirt that, that long. So we'll. We'll enjoy the show while we can. So exactly. before we before we get into the 360 race so much, too much, uh, there was uh, two classes of late models, the Bregman Wright uh, late models, which is like a crate division late models, and then the uh, Malvern Bank Super late model, which is uh, a regional traveling series, uh, mostly races here in Nebraska, Missouri, Iowa, that area. But tonight on the is the big boys, the Lucas Oil, Lucas Oil late models. And we got that uh, here on the big screen down here in the in the what do you call this the race cave race cave race cave. So we're we're watching that as we're recording this this uh, this show. But uh, let's dive in because we're a sprint car show. We're going to talk sprint cars here. And uh, Austin McCarl, oh. man, won a thriller out there. Uh, it was it was a great night of racing. Uh, the even the heat races were pretty good. They weren't great, but they were pretty good. Um, I was really getting disappointed and frustrated. I told you guys in, in the previous show or two that I'm starting to become a late model fan out there at ID Speedway. Well, last night put the kiboshes on that because, man, the spin Holy cycles in full cow. effect. I thought we were watching Modifieds last night, but they were spinning out. They were making contact. And for some reason, uh, cleanup methods were Every slow. car had to be towed off. I yeah. mean, I don't get it. Put a push truck behind towed those damn off? things. Yeah, they towed every fucking towed car off. But uh, uh, I'm not a safety crew worker. Right, let me yeah. let me tell you that right now. I don't know. Maybe rear ends were jacked up. But every car, come on, boys. Yeah, figure I know, this shit out. I know the Kaziskis try their goals to be done by 10:30-11. But last night I got out of there about Thumbs midnight, up. and uh, that's a uh, that made for a short night. But uh, uh, the sprint cars made up for it. Man, the the A feature. 
the first uh, 10 or so laps, so there were there were four or five cars dicing it and up in the lead. Uh, they were up against the cushion. They were sliding each other. They kind of tamed down towards the middle part of the race, and then uh, with three to go, Ryan Timms made his way up to the third place, and he tapped the wall coming out of four and bounced off of it a couple times, and then the, the yellow flag came out for a premature yellow, and the uh, it should have never gone out, but that did save Ryan Timms because uh, he would have never got up to, to second or, or first or second uh, at that point. Complete restart or restart at that point. Uh, he took the lead going into one on, on Austin McCarl. And uh, she was gone. And she was gone until uh, going into one on the white flag lap. Timms got a little smoke out of the rear end or the, out of the car. Coming out of two, a little bit more smoke into three, a lot of smoke, Kaboom. and then boom. Four, it looked bad. And he just coasted across the line. and, and uh, Even Austin, though, even though I mean, McCarl did not beat him by much. It was a car length a car at the length. flag. That's yeah. it? It was a car length. Wow. It was it was super close, and and with you would think with Ryan Timms having that big of a lead that he dominated the race, he got that lead with like two to go, and so he stretched that out in the matter of a lap and a half, and and so props to him. He was a rocket ship, and he started like sixth, I think, or something or something like that. So he earned it. But uh, yeah, Austin McCarl uh, come back for a fifty three hundred dollar paycheck. Dover started on the pole on that one, is that right? Dover and Ledger. Uh, Ledger started on the pole, okay. Dover on the outside. I, I knew I knew Dover was on the front row. Ledger was up there, too. And Dover led most of the first six, eight, ten laps, but then faded. But they were, they were getting... I mean, Ryan Roberts stuck his nose in there for, for a pass yeah, for the how lead. Did, and how did the local guys do? Like our local guy, like the Nebraska. Uh, Ledger hung tough for a few laps. Dover led the first eight laps or so. And then he just... I, I, I say he faded, but he was top three or four for almost all it wasn't like he wasn't there he wasn't he just wasn't in the lead and and uh, so we fared pretty well but uh um our top finisher was jacked over in sixth but uh uh, caleb johnson he was right there he was fast i mean ayrton jenneton snuck in there for a third place finish and and that was i mean i didn't even pay attention to ayrton until the very end i'm like well where in the hell did he come from so uh, props to the Kaziskis for track prep. Uh, that A feature was, I just love. I mean, it made it, the A feature made made uh, the late night well worth it. I mean, yeah. I want to bitch and complain that I didn't get home till one fifteen, didn't get to bed till two o'clock, up at six, seven o'clock to go to work. I mean, it made for a short night, a short but, night of sleep. Yeah, uh, Jonathan started thirteenth and finished third. That's Stu do. Tim started eighth and finished second. We don't talk about Stu. No Stu was not. Uh, he, he finished fifteenth. He was just uh, um, just never a factor. When I saw Grossenbacher was out there. Did he? He he, he was never a factor was. either. I I think they just they got to get used to the the fast pace of a three sixty as opposed <laughs> to those. Uh, <laughs> Those three hundred fives, they're just not used. I to mean, it. The, the night didn't. I mean, the night started off eventful as a as drought blew a motor and, and hot laps, and they yeah. were thrashing to get to get a new one put in before before his heat. And he was in the first heat and goes out and and kicked their ass and dominated that heat. So yeah. where was he in the feature then? Why? How come I'm not hearing his name then? Him and Jason Martin. Hey, were did running. you? Uh, do you? Hey, did you watch Trace? Hey. No. Why not? Because I wasn't there. Yeah, you should watch. Uh, follow so as that. a fan, I want to know. You should follow IB Racing Maybe. on Twitter. He you was giving second. Yeah. He was. Second. He was giving updates. Um, yeah, I mean, I saw someone. Is anybody live live tweeting the uh, the the IB race? And there's IB Racing. Right. 
it gave me the urge to do it. So um, <laughs> uh, Jason Martin and uh, Droud were running sixth and seventh or seventh and eighth, and whatever happened, they got together in the front stretch and crashed, and uh, uh, Droud lost a front wheel. Martin lost a rear wheel. They both changed and went to the back and came back through. And and uh, so they, they that took them out of contention. Um, I'm trying to skim through here. Droud finished 20th, so he dropped out shortly after the, the restart. Martin come back and finished uh, seventh. So. I about got ran over by Martin on well, him on the four-wheeler. You know, me walking around the pits, you know. Not really paying attention. I step off to the side, and here comes Martin flying by. He's hard on the brakes. I'm like, hey, hey. My first time in the pits, buddy. We better watch Did out. You have your vest on. <laughs> <laughs> so I am one of those guys. I am one of those guys. Everybody wears their yellow safety vest, and there were they were all wearing them at the USAC race. They were all wearing them last night at I eighty. Well, at least the I want to put this in quotations. The official photographers. There, I mean, at I eighty, anybody that can buy a pit pass can go in there and shoot. Yeah, you're really? in the you're in you're in you the infield. You don't have to be a special. No, you're you pit in the infield. They're not going to kick in anybody out with a camera. Interesting. So, but all the official guys, like Chris Brown, the the track photographer out there, Todd Boyd out there, there was another guy out there too, and myself. I'm the only one that doesn't wear a damn vest. I mean, Joe doesn't wear one most of the time, and I think that's where I got it from. I, I just don't wear the just learn from Joe. I just don't wear the vest. That's why it's hard to find I mean, you at these races. You don't. I mean, let's on. be honest. What's the yellow safety vest actually going to really do? It's going to be like some sort of force field around me not to get hit. <laughs> no, not maybe really. not. I mean, now if if I am asked to put a vest on, I will do it. I will play by the rules, but yeah, I'm not doing it willingly. It doesn't do a whole <laughs> lot with like an eagle where there's no cars pitting in the infields or anything like that. So yeah, so no, but yeah, no, I almost got ran over by Jason Martin. A little eventful <laughs> night. So did Drought. I mean, that's not right. <laughs> and I, I asked you earlier, you know, and I did, if you thought any of the ASCS guys were going to be out there because they they raced in Missouri on this past weekend and they, they're in Tulsa tonight. Um, so, but Jason Martin, the local guy was the only one here. And I don't even think he ran his ASCS car. I think that was just a backup car just and a backup car. Probably the one that he crashed early and had to kind of splice it together. Is it the Chase Randall? Isn't he? He's is a Knoxville guy. Knoxville guy. Yeah. Fastest chicken in the Super, yeah. dude. I want to try some of that bush of chicken. Yeah. I mean, his, his dad sent me a friend request on Facebook today. And when I accepted, so when I accepted, I kind of looked at his little photos and they're all, you know, drinking some some uh milkshakes from bush chicken and eat some chicken like that shit looks good let me tell you <laughs> yep so anyway props to them and, and austin mccarl had a lot of uh, good things to say about i-80 he he said that uh he tells everybody that i-80 is his favorite racetrack that's and, his first one at i-80 yeah is it uh and terry mccarl says the same thing that terry uh, that i-80 is one of his most favorite racetracks to race at and they're gonna hate to see it go and there's a lot of people that are sad to see i80 go but uh, i don't blame the kazikis uh they've been doing a this lot a of long, work. long time a lot it, of hard it eats work. up your whole summer yeah. so your only vacation is in the winter time so when you're chasing um, down sponsors you're chasing down all sorts of things yeah. just to get a race going yeah i mean i mean it's a lot of work they dedicate their life to it so they deserve to to sell it and ride off into the sunset like sunset speedway <laughs> well you had to go there yeah. Hey, I have been there. Have you, have you ever been to Sunset? No, I have not been to Sunset. Watched the World of Outlaws race. Did there. you? Yep. I've only watched late models. You there. ever been to Mid Continent? No, where's that at? Yeah, where was that at? <laughs> you ever been? Uh, Is that Donovan? Yeah, that's Donovan. Okay, I have been to Donovan. Grew up there. Have you ever been in Lincoln County? No. Wait, where's that? 
In Lincoln County? Yeah, it's in Lincoln County. So is that the Lexington? town is around there. Is that Lexington? North Lexington, Dawson North Platte. Dawson County is Lexington. Yeah. Yeah. Lincoln no, County is North Platte. North Platte? Yeah, yeah North I've Platte. I've never been to the North Platte track. Been there. Um, I don't know. I saw somebody, you know, completely off topic. That's kind of the, the gist of the show. We were going to have Buddy Kofoid on, but at the last minute, you know, the the uh, superstar that he has uh, had some uh, more uh, important engagements than uh, some uh, ragtag yeah. podcast here. But we are going to reschedule with him. We had him on before. Um, when I talked to him after the Fairberry race, he was all excited. No, I shouldn't say excited, but, you know, he, he kind of knew the deal and was well, going to come on. He always seems to be pretty personable about being on these things to help support racing, make things. Yeah, definitely. Know. But anyways, I saw somebody uh, post on Facebook that they, they never sat down and made a list of all the tracks they've been to. And that's one thing I haven't done. And I, I kind of want to do that at some point. Could you imagine if like Buddy Kofoy or some of these other drivers put down a list of every track they've raced yeah, at? Yeah, 9,000 of them. That'd be insane. Yeah, a lot of tracks that I've been to don't even exist anymore. So That's, you know, You're getting old there, Brad. Yeah, I think Brad probably yes, beats us both in tracks. Well, I, I don't know. I might be up there. I might be close with Brad. Come on. Like different tracks. Yeah, like, different tracks. Because I, I go out and photograph all these races out there. I, but he, Brad he, like, kind of stopped doing that for a while. type tracks. Like he's like, oh, yeah, I just went out to Indiana and went to this race and went out to Oregon went to this race. Yeah, so we're road tripping Eldora next year. No, we're not. <laughs> no? <laughs> I wouldn't mind going I to Houston. I got Houston's a camper now. Year. We could use it. Yeah. No. Did, did, so, you pick the, did you pick that up? Monday yeah. we bought it. Yep. Bought so, it. Took it out to the lake. Hooked it up. Got the air conditioner going and just went through it. And right. your, wi- your wife's going with you to Knoxville, right? Yeah. Oh, never mind. Yeah. So you like, said the first thing you did was hook up the air conditioning? Yeah, God we, damn, we it's hot <laughs> outside, boy. We went out to um, <laughs> we went out to Branch Stoke and just plugged it in and moved the slides out because you got to have to have a 50 amp service yeah. and we don't have that. So, I mean, we could probably get by with just a regular 110, but we just moved out, and then we just started going through all the compartments and see what they left us, the people that we bought it, and they left us some pots and pans and stuff. We were just looking at it. They left us a pot. I said, they're like, so, wait, where is this going? <laughs> then we put it all back and took it to the storage, and now I'm going to get it out on Saturday and uh, uh, maybe Sunday because Saturday's going to be hotter than a pistol here. So Sunday and give it a good wash job and go over it and do some mechanical stuff and just kind of – clean it all up yeah i was gonna invite myself to stay with him in knoxville i got my knoxville credentials approved i mean did you, did you really yeah so i mean if you guys wanted to go out there and do yeah. a podcast you know you could have credentials for it but no, no i'm fucking amateurs solid, over no. here. i'm having a party at my house so i'm good the wife would not be entertained by watching two knuckleheads talk on a on a mic for even a half hour or whatever it would be so. make sure you do it live hey so I can watch you negative guys. ghost writer <laughs> did they have a chinese restaurant up there in knoxville because i know when we did the podcast at your house she always went off and got her chinese food and i mean well right there at the track the, the oh. hawaiian grill is awesome i got a couple bucks for some uh <laughs> shrimp fried rice or whatever yeah. she likes nope. <laughs> negative all right so you know when we mentioned eldora uh let's let's talk about the big week up there brent marks walking away with two hundred seventy five thousand dollars of tony stewart's hard-earned cash yeah, you guys uh, remember who I picked last week on yes, our show, right? Yes, we remember. Was it Brian Brown? <laughs> Rico? My picks Rico? were, Wait, that was were my pick. <laughs> David Gravel or uh, Macedo. And Macedo was never really a factor. And then my dark horse was Brent Marks. So you're welcome. And we got texted that night all about it. <laughs> Each night, I should say. <laughs> I, I think that, in my opinion, and this is for another show, but uh, Brent Marks and uh, David Gravel are the clear-cut favorites for the Knoxville Nationals. Ad Larson as well, but uh, those two are going to be the two that are going to decide the, the race, in my opinion, today anyway. But do you think it's Marks because of just the momentum he's on right now? 
He's, I mean, he's he's been great all year. He's been fast. Yeah, everywhere. he's been fast everywhere all year. He's I don't know. Knoxville I don't know what it is, but you know, he didn't do. It's gonna sound bad. He didn't do dick when he was on the Outlaw tour. Well, he goes back and runs his own team, and he's just kicking everybody's I, ass. I made that right comment now. the other day that him getting beat up for two or three years on the Outlaw tour is paying dividends, and that's it's gonna be the same thing for Zerfoss. If he can stick it out a, a couple years, uh, it's gonna pay dividends for him too because. They they teach you how to be a super aggressive sprint car driver. They well, just do that too. It might take the pressure off you by not being on the outlaw tour. You know, more you know, trying to race at these races. I mean, I, you, you can look at that whole deal kind of like what, what Jack Dober once said when he went up and ran Knoxville for a year in the four times and came back and run three sixties. It just made you that much faster. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, if you're running with these outlaws, they are the fastest guys out there right now. Well, and you go back home and run your local stuff. Well, that's why Brian Brown travels. Uh, you're only as fast as your competition, and he's super fast at Knoxville. But to get to get outlaw fast, you got to go against the outlaws, and so he travels when he can to outlaw races and other tracks, so he can just be that much better. And and uh, um, it's made him really fast at a lot of different tracks. I mean, he gets criticized for not being fast, except for at Knoxville, but. If those critics would actually look at his resume, he's got wins in Charlotte. He's got wins in Pennsylvania. He's got wins uh, in Texas. He's got wins a lot, a lot of different places, uh, and and he's getting those wins because he's competing against the best. So, um, yeah, as far as the the Kings Royal and the historical big one, uh, classic Eldora Raceway Speedway. Uh, there was great great racing up against the wall. Um, but Brett Marks, uh, he kind of walked the dog on that. A little, last a little early caution in, in the beginning of the feature for uh, clear out the fireworks smoke. I mean, they, they yeah, went a little too big on the pyro much. there. Speaking of the fireworks, going back to Fairbury. Oh, oh that was at that was at Meeker. That was at Meeker. <laughs> no, not Meeker. Sorry, that was at uh, Beloit. Beloit. The, the Kaylee pra- Bryson takes a mortar shell off her the, off her shoulder. The the parade lap uh, kind of changed. The parade lap they shot off fireworks and and one of them fell over and it exploded right in the middle of the cars and then then Bryson a, a mortar went and bounced off of her car and yeah, uh, it, hit, it hit it hit the front tire or something like that and bounced back in the infield. Yeah. And I saw a video of the, from the infield and that thing came back right at the guy with the cell phone and <laughs> right there oh, in front. Geez. I'm like, holy shit, uh, boys. One of those things you never see. So, but that was so I go up on, uh, you know, I, that was on Tuesday night down in, down in Bloyton. And, and, uh, was it Tuesday or Wednesday? Tuesday night. No, Wednesday night. Tuesday because. No, Tuesday was Meeker. Wednesday was, was Bloyton. So, but on, on Friday, I go up to Cody Brewer. I'm like, hey, are we having fireworks? Do I need to watch out for any, <laughs> anywhere? Because I do not want to get blown up by a firework, boys. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that was, that was hilarious. Anyway, getting back to Eldora, I don't know if we have anything else to say about Eldora. I don't know. Josh, you said uh, Brett Marks only won because of the format. Is that right? That's what I keep hearing, that people are blaming it on that because it's not the outlaw hey. format of racing. Which You race the format that you're given and, you know. Well, Brad made the best statement about Knoxville, about how nationals, they all complain about it, but the best guys still end up being there. The cream rises to the top no matter what the, the format, and every year people bitch about Knoxville and the format for the Knoxville Nationals, and every year the, the fastest guy wins. So um, just the, the keyboard commandos and the couch racers, that's just gives them something to talk about, but uh, uh, the best driver always wins on, on that night, and there was nobody going to beat Brett Marks, so... Uh, he got the $175,000 paycheck and took it back to, to Pennsylvania with him. Pretty much. Fair enough. Let's, let's take another break, and we'll come back, wrap the show up here with some uh, hot topics. 
Join Stars photographer B.A. and Off-Ice official Gene Cotter for Thunderstruck, the unofficial Lincoln Stars podcast. We'll talk with your favorite Lincoln Stars players, coaches, and alumni. Oh, it was a great night, yeah. Beat, beat them in their own rink just before the buzzer. It was something special for sure. I don't, I don't want to call it a surprise because I knew that there was uh, a great rich history for hockey here in Lincoln, but uh, I, was, I was really happy to see the fans come back in droves and, and be such a great supporter for us. I might have to throw my roommate on the bus. Uh-oh. I think Sato doesn't have the best tape jobs. He actually just spray-painted all his sticks white um, on the bottom of them. I think uh, he's copying some, some NHL or he's looking up to, but I don't know. I think it's dusty. I think a lot of guys think it's sick, though. <laughs> to let him in penalty minutes, back before they handed out those little 10-minute wussy misconducts on everything, with 265, <laughs> Thunderstruck the podcast all season long, right here on the Anchor app or wherever you find your favorite podcast. Hey guys, Dan Taylor with Tailored Computers and Repair, and we all know Christmas is just around the corner, so I've got a couple of ideas for you. If it's a youngster that's looking to stream, maybe do a little bit of gaming, maybe a young adult that's headed to college for the first time, or an older adult that's headed back for continuing education, I have two identical HP ProBook 640 G2 laptops. These are 14-inch screens, so they're not too big, they're going to fit perfect in a backpack, and they're really, really light. They've both been upgraded to the maximum amount of RAM which is 16 gigs, and they both come with iCore 3 processors that max out at 2.3 gigahertz. These are awesome laptops. I'm really impressed with the way that they are running after the upgrades that I've done to them, and they're available right now for just $450 each. Give me a call or shoot me a text message, 402-659-5641. You can also email me at taylorcomputersandrepair.com. This is the Dump and Chase podcast. We're trying to model ourselves after what you guys have done a little bit. Voice of the Phantoms and friend of the show, Mr. Matt Lipsack. I am along for the ride and perhaps provide some modicum of adult supervision here, although really... That's a lost cause at this point. We welcome back Phantoms President Andrew Goldman. It yeah. went smoother than it did with Matt. I want that added. <laughs> I want that added. <laughs> what are you shaking your head now for? I'm agreeing with you because oh. he has absolutely killed us this year. Well, so far, finger guns has meant Sam shut up. So. Yeah, that's that's not helping. I'm trying to process. Okay. Check out the Dump and Chase podcast every Wednesday on Western Reserve Radio, YouTube, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Listen, that, like, was frightening. Three wide adrenaline rush in the Lucas Oil American Sprinkler Series invades Boone County Raceway in Albion, Nebraska. Friday, July 1st, it's the Norfolk Transmission of the Boone County Challenge. See ASCS stars like Blake Hawk, Wayne Johnson, Matt Covington, and Dylan Westbrook take on Nebraska's top talent, along with IMCA League models, Bob Wise, and NCSA. Friday, July 1st, go great, but all lives are set at racing at 8 p.m. Tickets on sale at BooneCountyRaceway.com. It's the Lucas Oil American Sprinkler Series National Tour at Boone County Raceway on Friday, July 1st. You know the power of editing will make this you know podcast actually somewhat uh, listenable. Look yeah, professional. There's your opening part for the podcast. That saying <laughs> right there. <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, welcome back to the show, guys. Uh, let's wrap things up here a little bit. Uh, some uh, some news came out earlier this week uh, with the 360 Nationals. Uh, kind of a kind of a shocker here. Seeing uh, this uh, Elk Grove, California guy, some Kyle Larson guy, going to enter the 360 Nationals. 
Yeah, it's kind of a surprise that he's going to run the 360s, but uh, he's a racer and racers race. And so uh, apparently it's going to fit into his NASCAR schedule and uh, he's, he just entered. And so uh, it's just going to bring that many more fans to Knoxville uh, that, that weren't planning on going to the 360 Nationals. Yeah, and speaking of that, you know, and not to be outdone, you know, bringing fans in, this uh, 15-year-old kid that we've been toting all, all podcast, all show this week, Ryan Timms, uh, found a found a – an exemption, exceptional status has been placed on Ryan Thames, and he's been allowed to run the uh, the Knoxville 360 Nationals as a 15-year-old. He got approved by the uh, Marion County Fair Board, and then the uh, the big company. the big deal is the insurance company. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's proven uh, to be a successful, uh, solid race car driver. So uh, it's awesome that they're going to let him do that. I completely understand why he's not going to be cleared for the 410 Nationals. Um, but uh, we just need to enjoy Tim's on the 360 Nationals. This kid is an amazing talent, and uh, uh, it just made the 360 Nationals that much better. So you know, I just hope he has a 360 motor after disintegrating last I'm night. I'm sure, right? sure. <laughs> you know that that team probably has a few 360 motors uh, lying around. You know the whole topic of this of him of being allowed to race. You know the outlaws Knoxville kind of came in when he uh, swept the Jackson Houston's weekend yeah. in, the, in the 410s of like. You know, you need to make an exception. And let this let this kid race. But a week prior, during Indiana Midget Week, everybody's all up in arms. There needs to be an age limit. We don't need these damn kids out here running these race cars. Yeah, you can't have it both ways, boys and girls. Exactly. No. Uh, yeah. I mean, the thing is, Tim has got. A, he's great talent. No, no doubt about and it. So, yeah. in in a couple of years, when the next fifteen year old comes around, that's that's decent. Um, you got to stay consistent with the rules because just, if if you start fluctuating and bouncing back and forth, you're going to get a 15 year old in there that shouldn't probably just lie be on your damn birth certificate <laughs> like we did back in the day with Jeff Gordon. All yeah, right, like every a lot of people did back in the day. So, <laughs> yeah, so it's uh, it's uh, we're just going to need to enjoy uh, uh, Ryan Timms when we watch him in the 360 Nationals. Uh, yeah, watching him, I think we've got to see him three times this year at I80. He won the first time he was there. Uh, he led all but the last lap. La uh, the second time he was there, and Dover passed him because he got held up by a lap car. And then last night, uh, the motor blew up. Uh, otherwise, he'd have he'd be three for three at I eighty Speedway. Yeah, and so then he, he almost won down at Fairbury. I mean, it's yeah, but he's definitely proven it. Oh yeah, no doubt about it. To be there, it's he, not he's like won it's just, four he's tens won at Houston's. He's um, won ASCS yeah. shows. He's won yeah. USAC National yeah. Midget shows. I mean, his resume speaks for itself. Yes, yeah. he's fifteen. He can drive the shit out of a race car, but at the same time. But is, would you say in the sprint car he is as aggressive as he is in the midgets? I think the midgets is just its own beast of being aggressive. Well, I think yeah, I don't know that I can say because I I don't think I've he drives him, him anything differently. Yeah, just go right. in there and I don't know that I've watched him race enough in the midgets to to, to say. I mean, I, I I looked at it, but I didn't really watch it. So well, because I know Buddy um, said on this show when he was on because I was listening to it today, and he said that you know you can't race the same with that wing on because it upsets a car yeah. when you're doing some of those moves well, and stuff like that. That's one thing I thought last night at I-80 Speedway. There were slide jobs. There was passing. There was close racing. And I didn't see one car make contact with another car. And so those midget drivers maybe need to to, to learn. Uh, and it was touched on last a week or so ago. With, uh, Kyle Larson said that about Donnie Schatz, that he's the cleanest driver out there and he can still win. So um, last night I was impressed with how clean racing it was and it was close racing and it was good racing. So it can be done. Yeah. Do you guys have any, have you glanced through the 360 entries and see who you kind of 
are looking at as as possible favorites. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, Kyle Larson. <laughs> yeah, Kyle Larson. Um, you got to go with Terry McCarl. I mean, he's he's, he's, he's really doing great good there right this year. there. Aaron Reitzel's no joke this year. Reitzel's right there. Um, I don't know that Carson's Carson's struggling this year. I don't know what they're they're trying to find something. I mean, I don't see like you know in years past you would see the ACS guys come in there with Wayne Johnson, Shane Stewart, and whatnot. And they would be favorites. I don't see that this year with this group yeah. of ACS guys. Um, when you also have Macri's going to be there. I mean, Kofu's talking to the mic, Josh. Sorry, Macri's going to be there. Kofu is going to be there. I mean. I mean, you got some pretty, pretty Ian stout Madsen's 360s. going to be there. That 64 car is pretty good. <laughs> How um, about that 64 car? Rolls in an open trailer last week and wins the damn thing in Knoxville. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's impressive. It's not how you get there. And uh, um, uh, Brandon Wimmer proves that in Ohio when he drives an open open trailer with a little Chevy Astro minivan pulling the car. So, yeah, you got Parker Price, Miller, Kofoid. Um, you got some. You got some good. Uh, we already mentioned Reitzel Brown. So uh, well, look at the rookie class. Yeah. Did you see who's all the rookies for this year for the three hundred and sixty nationals? Um, kind of seeing. Yeah, I mean Corey Day. Oh yeah, we t- haven't touched on him. He yeah. won. Uh, in you know, US you told me he was going to be at I eighty last night. He was no show, buddy. Ooh. Rumor was. I, rumor. Rumor. Uh, did was. you get out the, that that yeah. off the IB racing yeah. rumor page? That, that keyboard commandos. We all know what we think about rumors. So yeah, that was a rumor, but uh, he just won in Missouri last week, and he was at Knoxville, so you would think he would uh, come over for $5,300, but uh, um, he must have read that Tim's was there, so he didn't want to go. So, but, Kofoy, does it, they don't have him down as a rookie. Why isn't he a rookie for the 360 Nationals? Maybe he's probably, he he's probably raced before. Oh. Yeah. I don't remember him racing there. You just became, Josh just became a race fan this past year. Yeah, so. right. We'll let it slide. So, yep, yeah, that's, I guess that's put the finishing touches on that one. So, so. Uh, you know, another thing that I, I found interesting was with this high limit sprint car series. There's, they talked about it all week long. Kyle Larson and Brad Sweet dropping, dropping a bomb on the sprint car world with this thing. But have you heard any comments from Donnie Schatz, you know, Craig Kins or any of the other outlaw guys that aren't named, that aren't named Brad Sweet? Yeah, I kind of find it funny that uh, it blew up Twitter and Facebook last week uh, once it was announced by Kyle and Brad, and it's it's ghost town since. You I haven't mean, heard we, anybody we, talk about it. We've heard guy, guys that it benefits, like Brian Brown, talking about how you know that is a good deal, but haven't heard any outlaw guys say any comments on it. So, I mean, about it. is there a little non-compete clause in that outlaw contract that, <laughs> that we don't know about? Yeah, I think that they'll hash all that out by next spring. So I don't know. I just found it. I just found it interesting that there was no comments, at least yeah. that I could see that publicly were out there from any of the outlaw drivers. Yeah, you mentioned that there wasn't. And nobody tweeted, "Oh, this is awesome to see." Uh, good luck to Kyle and Brad or whatever. None of the outlaws said anything about it that I that I read. So interesting. Then, uh, Brad, you wanted to bring up some uh, some tire drama. Well, I just wanted to talk a little bit about the Hoosier tire issue with the 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 sprint cars, how there are so many delamination issues with the, the Hoosier tires and uh, it cost Donnie shots a, a good finish last night. Uh, I would like to know, and I don't pay attention to late models as much as, as probably I could or what, but uh, um, I was wondering, do the late models have this issue because it's sprint cars across the board, three sixties, three, um, 
the four tens. I don't know about the three hundred fives. They usually run a little bit harder compound, but they're delaminating uh, all the time. And so uh, I don't know what's going on. I don't make tires, and I don't pretend to know anything about them. But I was curious: do the late model tires do the same thing? They can seem to. They must have a hard, hard, harder compound because they seem to be able to get more laps out of their tires. Like uh, they ran that hundred lap race at Eldora. And the grand hundred lap ago. race and, this uh, weekend. The guy, the guy that won, the tires look like he could have run another hundred laps on them. See, so, I don't, I don't know, but at the same time, you know, how many tires does Hoosier make out there? Yeah. And right. you're not hearing, well, oh, Hoosier tire survived a, a race. You're, I mean, you're hearing a handful of them. Yeah. And could it be that we've had always had this issue, but nobody's gotten one of these tires that are delaminating and actually ran them hard enough to delaminate it? I, I don't think so. I think it's a new issue. and and uh, But I would, I would like to know, are the late models, uh, do they suffer from the same issue? Because, um, I mean, I you got to believe that Hoosier's not out there to produce a piece of crap tire. Something, it's really hard to get nylon and rubber products right now. Uh, that's why there's a tire shortage uh, on top of uh, work, um, skilled workers and so forth. But, uh, it's hard to get tire, a rubber and nylon, and so is are they sacrificing something in the in the making of the tires uh, that's causing this or, or, or what? I would like I don't know what's going on, but it's a big problem in sprint car racing. It's costing a lot of people a lot of good finishes. Well, it's amazing how the tire just looks like doesn't even look like a tire anymore at the end of a race. It looks like I never remember slick. it being that bad at the end of a night for most of the drivers that are out there. I mean. You can't tell me they're just running that hard, much harder on it. I mean, it well, should be the same. Just, it's just delaminating. In the past, when you'd get a bald tire, it's they just wore the treads well, off because it out. was a dry tread. Now you're just you're getting now that, just, the, the tread separation from the, from the yeah. core of the tire. So, yeah. so I don't it's, know. It's, it's just I a weird thing. It interesting, and if anybody uh, out there knows uh, whether the late models are suffering from the same issue, uh, drop us a line. I don't on, know. You're uh, our resident late model I'm guy here, bro. So. <laughs> <laughs> <I, laughs> Last night was my second late model race of the year. <laughs> and he's and already both done. had sprint cars. Uh, <laughs> and he's already done with late models. <laughs> so. uh, the, another thing I wanted to bring up, I, I heard it on, I think it was a Passing Points podcast. So I, I was catching up on some of their old shows. And um, what makes a national series? You see, you know, that the uh, Taylor Reimer and Jade Avedisian have become the first female drivers to win a national midget race. But they've done it with the... Uh, Lower series. Well, not the lower series, but okay. they did it with the Extreme Outlaw Midget Series that races eight freaking races, all in kind of not national. They don't go from Florida to California. It's thing. kind of a regional deal. But what makes the national series? Well, apparently that does. So it's, it's <laughs> got to be the, the com- I don't competition wanna, you have in it. Well, you, I mean, you can have Knoxville there. There you go. Knoxville has great competition. Is that a national thing? Yeah, I don't know who well, decides classification of a national national series i mean uh we talked before we got on air are the all-stars a national series when they are I mean, just regional They're, yeah i shouldn't right. say just regional they they cover a lot of territory but they don't but go west of missouri right all right yeah. it's uh, it's uh, missouri now last year they ran in south dakota and oklahoma but that's because COVID. of covid uh, but uh or was it two years ago anyway um, it's all national series year. to me means you got to have a large number of events and you got to travel and cover a lot of territory. But then the power I national midget series, they don't go West either. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a hard deal. I mean, if you really think about it, there's only three national series out here. If you want to go coast to coast, you got the outlaws, you got USAC midgets and USAC sprints. Yeah. 
I mean, so you're saying that if if she would have, if one of those two would have won a USAC race or a Power Eye race, well, a USAC national like national midget race, that's a national series. That would be a national series. I'm not taking anything away from them. I just, I just, you know, the the outlaw that's, extreme things is not to me is not a national series. It's too early, and it's. it's it just started this year, yeah, it's right? It's just in its infancy. Yeah, I mean, you got, you run eight races. You're kind of all in the same area of the country. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, I would like to know how that's classified as a national series. But I mean, uh, you, you can look at it as the ASCS is not a national series anymore because they don't go out west. Yeah. But right. it is. I mean, let's face it. The ASCS is a national sprint car series. Um, Outlaws is a national sprint car series. All-Stars, I say, is a, na- a national series, but... But where do you draw I, that line? I think uh, the the All Stars cover enough states that I think that's cons- could yeah, easily be that. considered a national series. Yeah. Where eight races in in a few states that's not that's a regional uh, a regional series. I mean, I me. even classify Power Eye as in a national series. Yeah, I mean, you I race mean, they they get the car counts for it enough to, and they get the bigger they get the Keith Coons cars out there. I, mean, I don't care what I don't care who you get at who what cars you get. I mean that does to me. Getting a Keith Coons car or a Tad Hall. No, I'm not. I'm just throwing Tad out there. But yeah. a Tad Holland car that doesn't make a national series by any means. So, yeah. are you? Or is it more that you don't like the fact that it's they're them saying that it's a national win? I don't or, care if they say well, they can call it whatever they want, but I want to know what you think makes a national series. Yeah, they're 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 claiming it that they're the first female to win a national in a national series. Well, but what to is me, a national this, series? that same right. thing is Maria. Maria Koford's won um, USAC West r- races, and right. they race about the same amount of races. They travel the same amount of distance as this, uh, as this Extreme true. Outlaw Series, but it's not a national series. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I don't know. Who's who's the lucky person that gets to claim uh, something's a national me, series? It's just it? saying that they won a midget race, really. From what, what they're Yeah, I mean, I, in, I, don't, I don't care I don't if really it's a national race it. or not. I mean, you won a damn race, you yeah, won a race. Props to them. Yeah. I mean, they've got they, some talent. They're, yeah. they're getting better. They're getting more consistent. It was just a so, deb- debate they had on their show, and I was like, "Hey, oh, it got me thinking. What, what do we think is a national series?" Well, how yeah. is that any different than us at the, early, the beginning of this podcast talking about Drukey winning? You know, him winning a four ten race. How is that different than them well, winning a midget race? It's a big difference. We're not claiming that he won a region, a national. Well, yeah, yeah, but I mean, that's what I'm trying to say. That it doesn't feel like the same as. I don't know. I, I guess can, I don't look at that. We way. broke Josh. He's confused. There's smoke <laughs> rolling out of his head right over here. It's confusing. Well, um, <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, just because you say national in, in your your uh, your title, your series, are you national? Yeah. I don't. That's a good debate yeah. topic to sit around a coffee table and and figure out what what constitutes. It's just it's a it's interesting debate. Um, uh, it, are they the first female midget winners? Yep. No, no, yeah. no, they're no, not. Another, I mean, well, yeah, there's true, other yeah. been there's been females that won right. midget races before them. True, but it was not the uh, the quotation mark national, national series. series. Yeah. I just so, but we all before the show we all agreed that we think like Jade Abadesian, she's got a good shot to win like a USAC race. She's an, she's pretty she's an pretty impressive fast. young lady. That's all of them could win a USAC yeah. race any, any any night there. I mean, they're right there. It's just the luck of the draw and play your cards right, get the car set up right. They they got the the talent, the skill, and the equipment to do it. Yeah, it's just a matter of when it's going to happen. Yeah, right. and it's going to happen. It's uh, yeah. sooner than later. It's going to happen. All right. Anything else, boys? Before we wrap things up, what was your issue with dirt vision again? Well, I was going to get there. <laughs> Is there anything we want to cover before we talk about this? Uh, 
Yeah, I think that's, that covers. What's what's is there anything major coming up this weekend? Nothing big in Nebraska anyway. Got three hundred fives out of Eagle Raceway, but oh, the biggest man. the biggest race the, in Nebraska is the Silver Dollar Nationals here at Ida Speedway. Yeah. yeah, we're watching that on TV right now. The Silver Dollar Nationals. I'm tempted to go out there Saturday, but with it being one hundred and two or one hundred and three, and late models and forty five dollars to get in, I here's your here's your, here's your winner right now. I'll I'll, I'll call on, it out right here as as uh, Tim McCready makes his uh, qualifying lap. I'll watch it on Flow Racing probably. We'll probably have out of Knoxville. You'll get some four tens that'll be showing up to get practice in for the nationals. I mean, they usually it's getting close to that about, time of year. It starts yeah. happening about now. The pits start getting a little bit fuller and fuller yeah. every, every week. Yeah. So, so before we wrap things up here and I was scrolling through dirt vision the other night and noticed they had this, uh, quick time, uh, little recap, uh, segment on their show. And it got me thinking it's podcast, man. It's often invented, but, you can't duplicate this shit, boys. <laughs> that's, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, what, what is it? Imitation is the fondest True form, form of flattery. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, who'd want to really let's, who want imitate this? Apparently, two hundred people watched, listened to it last week. So hey, yeah, hey, or whatever. But I just thought it's funny. I, I know you know, quick time is a generic racing term. Yeah. But I just thought it's funny that I I turn on dirt vision. There's there's quick time. They're trying to take over our. It is funny, yeah. I'm trying to take over our market here, but you know what? The logo. Actually, it actually might help us here. <laughs> See, we could just say that. Some idiot might us. out there be like looking for Dirt Vision Quick Time and get confused with this show. <laughs> that, that works. That, yeah, that would be confusing. That <laughs> uh, All right, so I think that's going to do it for this week, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, make sure you like, comment, and share the podcast. Uh, let's try to get these numbers back up. Uh, join us next week, and I think we're going to have Eric Arnold on Eric Arnold on next week from the, the Knoxville Raceway. Sounds like a plan. That is awesome. Yeah. Um, here's Josh. Who's Eric? Who's Eric? Hey, I, and then when you told me his last name, I still didn't know. We'll but then you sure told Eric me what podcast knows. he was on. We'll <laughs> make you sure still Eric didn't knows know. that he's not hey, big time yet. Hey, when are we ever going to have Dan Taylor on? Who wants to talk to Dan Taylor? Hey, he sounds like a fun guy. Brad's, Brad's over Brad's, here. Brad's, Brad's, Brad's over here. <laughs> Who's Dan?